Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome back to the first episode of Supercoach Edge for season 2024. Of course, for those of you tuning in for the first time, welcome. And to our returning regulars, welcome back. You must be gluttons for punishment. Mm-hmm. Liam, how goes it? Yeah, good, good. I'm um, slightly unwell currently, so you're going to have to push through a little bit. Um, so if you, do hear me, uh, if you do hear me wheezing or... Uh, um, well, actually, no, I don't have the vid. It's, yeah. But someone else does. Uh, but I've been... Mm-hmm. Who lives in the same house her. as you? Yeah, that lives in the same house, and I've been accused of giving yeah. it to her, despite the fact that I keep coming back negative. But anyway, we uh, <laughs> we sit there in my smugness and move yeah. on. Uh, but yes, I do have a cold slash I don't know something up with my chest, so I may be struggling uh, for air midway through this. <laughs> so I do apologise in advance. Gasping for air, and it's not just yeah. off the back of when you see the price of bond. Um, it's legit. For those of you who are first-time uh, listeners, as David said, welcome. Uh, but And for returning ones as well, make sure you jump across to our social channels uh, mm-hmm. where you'll keep up to date with all of our all of our content, uh, all of our all the news as well, and and tips and tricks and everything. Uh, on YouTube, just simply search Supercoach Edge, and please don't forget to like and subscribe uh, to be notified of when our content drops from week to week and uh, I guess a little sneaky uh spoiler here but potentially midweek as well mm, multiple times full, a, week. a full week mm. potentially yeah interesting, interesting. Mm. uh on twitter you'll find us at, at supercoach <laughs> underscore edge damon at, at damo j88 myself at, at liam evans underscore 95 and on Facebook and Instagram, just search Supercoach Edge, and that is where you'll find us. Liam, we are back officially for the first time in 2024, and it is super exciting, of course. So across the course of the preseason, we're going to be rolling out various analysis episodes, going line by line, breaking it down into primos, value picks, and rookies. So, of course, which of the primos present the most value? Who presents the most upside? Which mid-prices could be on the cusp, potentially, of a breakout year? Last year, we had a bit of fun with that. We highlighted Tom Green and LDU. One of those guys, uh, potentially both of those those guys, again, uh, relevant in 2024. And then, of course, which of the rookies are we keeping an eye on before we see any exposed form in the preseason? And then, of course, those that are playing in round zero that we get to um, get a bit of a cheat code look at. Um, but Liam, in today's episode, we're kicking things off with forward primos. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, unlike last season, we were blessed in the forwards with genuine midfielders such as Dunkley, Rosie, Cogs. But 2024... Boy, gee, it is slim pickings. Absolutely the slimmest of pickings. Yeah, that's one fine-looking forward line. Why doesn't mine look like that? Ah! Yeah, we're not flushed Pretty with much. genuine out-and-out primos, but never feel him because that's where we come in. Let's do it. Ready? On nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So just before we kick off, uh, I just want to, I guess, set some expectations around the forwards this year, as Damon said. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's uh, not looking like last year. So just, I guess, for context, to be a top eight forward in 2023, you needed to have an average of 97.9 or above. Mm -hmm. Uh, In 2024, I don't think we can expect that. As for a top eight, probably, you know, some of the top eight will be scoring 97.9 or averaging around there. 
but I don't think all of them will be. And we need to assume that the an average probably closer to the low to mid 90s is probably more so where that cutoff for the top eight forwards will be. Um, because look at the list of top eight forwards from 2023, and it is Zach Butters, who averaged 113.8 because he's a midfielder. Errol mm. Goulden, 111.3 again because he's a midfielder. Mm. Connor Rosie, 107.6. Tim Taranto, 106.7. Josh Dunkley, mm. 115.2. Uh, Stephen Canilio, 101.7. And then Harry Sheasel, 99.5. And uh, Luke Jackson at 97.9. So six of those eight. Were so six of those and the first six, the mids. top six, were actual genuine mids. They weren't forwards um, realistically. And then even Harry Sheasel was a backman. Mm. And Luke Jackson, I mean, he's he's the only one that's actually selectable as a forward this year. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? And like so, even, even Luke Jackson was, you know, uh, for what, a third of the season, if you could probably yeah. say that, he was number one ruck. So mm. kind of elevates um, a bit of that uh, – that average as well, which of course we'll speak to him um, because as you mentioned, he is uh, an option this season. Yeah. So yeah, as we said, of those, of those guys, only Jackson is a forward option this year. Uh, so I think just, yeah, we need to realign our expectations looking through the list. There's probably only a handful of primos who we would classify as being, um, uh, you know, mid options, but also mm. the ones that we do look at, in today's episode, we probably just need to have a reset our expectations and understand that a lower average is is going to be okay for a forward this year. I don't think I don't think we can expect, yeah, anything. I mean, the top six being above one hundred and one point seven. I don't think I don't think that's going to happen. Yep, spot on. And that's the thing as well. Like going to this year, I think a lot of people are going to be scared by the by the prospect of not having any out and out. Um, I guess obvious options like we did last year, but mm. it presents a bit of an upside here in terms of just having, a, you know, differentiation between yourself and the rest of the competition. So um, I think all those guys, like especially, you know, Goulden, Rosie, Taranto, Dunkley, Cogs, even she's, I mean, he was, uh, as it, as the season wore on, was one of the more highly owned across the course of the season, but all those guys there, they were kind of bread and butter. And, it goes back to what we were speaking about the early part of last year, where catching up and, and climbing the ranks was very, mm. very slow. And it was due to the fact that, especially in the forwards, uh, everyone had uh, virtually the same forward line. So um provides a bit of an opportunity here. And that's where we come in, Liam, as we said before, to sort of throw up a few options and, um, you know, you'll be able to pick and choose as to who the best player is. And uh, that's where the skill set comes in. And uh, it's no longer um, just, you know, Turn up and uh, away you go. So shall we do it? Shall we kick it off with the first one? So Liam, first up we have, of course, one of our um, one of our favourites. Uh, he was mm. once a set and forget primo mid. This season he's a mid forward. And uh, it's due to the fact that he's been bevoed. So it kind of gives away as to who it is. It is Jack McRae. He's coming in priced at 558.4K. Mid forward, of course, as I said. 2023 average was a 99.9. Um, and of course, when we talk about all these players, all these options, we will need to mention if they have that extra buy, if mm. they're playing that round zero fixture game, which uh, in McRae's case in the Bulldogs, no, he's not. So he only gets the uh, the one buy, thankfully. So a bit of a tick of the box there, first and foremost. Yeah. But uh, of course, as I said, McRae, he's now normally one that we would jump at an opportunity to select um, as a forward mid. But now we're sort of second guessing ourselves. So across his past three seasons alone, his regression regression is stark when looking at his average, which has been 130, dropped down to 115.7 and 99.9 most recently. So the correlating factor that coincides with this drop is his decline in CBAs with 77%, 64%, and just 36%. And more than that, his overall role as an in and under midfielder has now morphed into a bit part mid with longer stints away from the footy camped either on the wing and even on the half-forward mm. flank, which I don't know what your thoughts, thoughts are, Liam, but uh, seeing McRae, he's kind of a, you don't want to sort of underwrite him, but uh, he's a one-dimensional in-and-under player. And to yeah. see him lining up at half-forward flank just absolutely made no sense. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. It, it's it's such a strange thing to see from him. Like he's, he, as you said, he's one-dimensional is harsh. In a yeah. sense, like it feels like a mean thing that's, to say. But maybe that's, that's his one wood. Maybe that's the appropriate yeah, terms. His one so wood is his bread and butter. It's, he's not like a Bond who can go play forward, who can play in the midfield. Mm. Um, or I don't know. I can't think of any other players off the top of my head real quickly. 
but um, like a utility type like a, player. Yeah, yeah, he's not he's not that he realistic or like a you know a cog um, potentially like a Dagoe potentially. Yeah, yeah, midfield yeah, he, forward he can play midfield or the forward and then yeah, play off the half forward line. But yeah, not McRae. Um, even even the wing is kind of not his forte. No. No, because he—I mean—he hasn't got—he's not blessed mm. with pace, two-way running type thing. No. It's kind of one of the knocks in his game. So for him to be pushed out to the wing, it's kind of like Bevo being a stubborn bastard and being like, "No, I don't care." Like as to how much of a veteran of the game you are, you need to like, mm. you know, build out on your repertoire. And which mm. kind of—it's kind of the way he is. He's not—he's not blessed with speed. He's not going to all of a sudden get speed and two-way running. But anyway, um, but yeah, very very strange to see. And I guess most concerningly. Uh, once that that change in role did take effect from round nine onwards, mm. he was only eclipsed. Uh, sorry, he only eclipsed his overall CBA average of thirty six percent in seven out of fourteen games for a CBA average of twenty eight percent across that stretch. And this saw him post a seven year career low of just eleven scores, a hundred plus, and only five scores, one hundred and twenty plus. So, I mean, as you can see, there kind of speaks for itself the regression that he's had across the board. And it has come off the back of that, uh, that bread and butter role that he has been gifted uh, year after year. And it's, it's thrown up a, a bit of a curveball there. Um, in terms of the stats that uh, remain constant for him is uh, his tackles. So they remain around the mark of 4.4 on average a game. And he's posted a new career low average of 10.9 kicks per game, something that he hasn't done since his debut season in 2013. Um, of course, as you know, with Supercoach, uh, you know, you get a greater score with uh, with kicks as opposed to handballs. So that is part of the regression as well. And it's this lack of opportunity to get his hands in the footy on a regular basis by being forced to play away from his natural role that is seriously impacting him. But Liam, the question is, can he reclaim his old role? I'll throw to you here, Liam, to, uh, so I'm not just rabbiting on for the next part of McRae because he is, he is quite lengthy, the analysis. Yeah, so I guess the biggest contributing factor um, for McRae being forced out was was Trelaw, um, who was granted 78% CBAs compared to the 37% and 34% um, he had in his previous two seasons of the Dogs. Then we had Caleb Daniel. Oh, man. Being gifted 19% CBAs. Randomly, after getting donuts in 2022, which cramped his uh, star massively. That is McRae's, um, but also probably Daniel's scoring as well. Mm. Uh, the other player who cramped his style was Libba, whose CBAs rose from 59% to 78% across 2022 into 2023. So, yeah, like just basically, I don't know what McRae has done to Libba, uh, to, to Bevo, but... Uh, yeah. He's done something. It's, yeah. doesn't, doesn't want to give him the CBAs. <laughs> and, yeah, I guess and on top of that in 2024, uh, to make things negative potentially is the recent drafting of Riley the Colonel Sanders at mm-hmm. pick number six, who is one of the more established young mids from the draft and probably ready in terms of build, um, which doesn't really bode well for McRae. He will no doubt be given valuable CBAs um, to help him develop, mm-hmm. further compromising you know, the spread of CBAs that are – McRae could potentially grab. The only thing that may see an increase for him is that Baslenk is out. Um, mm. He was, though, getting less CBAs than McRae, if that's even possible. Uh, <laughs> only 30% uh, CBAs going towards Smith. But um, I guess those have to go somewhere, but uh, the concern mm. would be whether they do go to the likes of a Sanders um, mm. or they, I don't know, Bevo's just like, hey, let's give more to Libba. Yeah, as 30, the old man. As one, yeah. Like 31, 32, makes sense. Old dog new tricks. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but it does seem that the days of 70 plus CBAs are probably a thing of the past for McRae, um, unless, I guess, touch wood, this doesn't happen. Uh, there's injuries to, you know, Trelaw, Libba or Bond, and that frees up CBAs. Or maybe, hopefully, we can pray that Daniel does go back to his role in halfback and loses the CBA rotations. And I mean, Lipper's getting older, so maybe he just regresses naturally. Yeah. I mean, it'd be helpful first and foremost, if Bevo wasn't Bevo and he wasn't coaching the dogs, that would have been an absolute godsend. It was looking like it might've been that way when the dogs missed out on finals ever so narrowly, but uh, they've just swept the, um, you know, the, uh, the decks got rid of all the uh, assistance bar one, I think. And um, no, no, we'll back him in. He's won us a flag. So he must be good. And that's probably the, uh, the same ethos that uh, the Eagles are running with in backing in um, Simo, but nonetheless, Liam, 
let's move to our verdicts, which of course we will be giving for each of these guys that we're running through. So first up for me, so I think that, you know, the McRae that we speak about that we know and love, I reckon he's potentially a thing of the past. And at his current price point, I don't think he presents much upside, um, especially if things go the way that they did in 2023. And I'm worried that he could regress further purely off the back of continuing to be bevoed, like we mentioned. Mm. But I think he will be a popular pick on name alone and one I'm likely to have in my team just sort of going to that point that we made from the get-go that we're not flush with options here. And he's probably the best of a... Not a, not a bad bunch, but an, an ordinary bunch, I think, uh, from what we have uh, at our disposal. So um, that's also with the fact that I think he's going to be yeah highly owned and that kind of negates any risk if he does happen yep. to reclaim his old role um, and his old premium scoring. So um, that's an added bonus if he does so. But Liam, what do you reckon? I agree, mostly. He'll be in my side, personally, I think. Um, and yep. I think he'll be in... Plenty of teams, as you said, it's going to negate the risk. Um, but I'm going to go against you slightly mm-hmm. and not not in a way that I, like what you've said is 100% correct. Um, there's no flaw in the analysis. I just think we need to consider that despite his regression, um, he still finished as a top seven forward if you look at the averages from last year. Yeah, so yep. like it, there might be a regression from there, which means he doesn't finish with 99.5, but I do think that, with 99.5 um, for a forward this year, um, it's going to be welcome for anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. um, with with the unknowns and the lack of forward power, I want to say that we're going to have, um, it's going to be okay. So yeah. I do think he's a, he's a decent pick. And I think if we forget that we're talking about McRae, like if you said that we were going to get a 99.9 average forward, who had potential to have CBAs mm. um, like he does, I think we would be looking at him very differently. Yeah, no, exactly I think there's right. almost a degree yeah. of like McRae's being held to a higher standard because of who he was and what he's done in the past. I mean, so I just had a quick look as well while you were, while we were talking and he, so he had 50% plus CBAs in eight games um, yep. this year for scores of 106, 103, 112, 131, 145, 107, 122, and the outlier of 49, which was the West Coast game where they lost. So I think we can uh, rule that game out. It's just an anomaly. Uh, But that comes out, if we ignore that anomaly, that average comes out to 118 from those seven games where he did get 50% CBAs. So if he can get decent enough CBAs, which there's potential that he does with Baslinka out, um, and hopefully a natural sort of regression from Libba and Daniel hopefully heading more to the back line. Um, I think there's potential for him to have good enough scores um, for him to be worthy forward. Regardless, though, I think he's a, he's a decent pick. Yeah. No, you've, you've made a very, very good point there. I think highlighting the fact that when he does get the CBAs, he's still the McRae of old. So, mm. um, yeah, I guess... I'm probably backtracking over what I said off the back of what you just enlightened me with, Liam, um, in terms of the upside side of things. I think that's probably where the upside lies is if he reclaims his old role. Um, but and that's yeah, a we big just... if, though. Mm. There's no there's no guarantees yeah. of that. I think I'm looking at it more as at a minimum, like, all right, let's have a look at his scores from last year when he wasn't, you know, his lowest score was the 49, then it was 57, and then they were all 81 was his third lowest score. So he's got a decent yep. enough floor for a forward. Um, like if you said that your forwards were getting an 81 as their lower score, I'd probably not be too concerned. Yep. And even uh, even as well, I've just had a look at the back part of the season where he was kind of lining up more as a high half forward with, you know, sort of sputterings of, uh, you know, mm. 30% CBAs or 40% thereabouts, just below 50%. He was still averaging over 10 games that he played in that role, 902 so again, not too bad and probably still worthy of a, a spot of being a top six, top eight forward at, at, at minimum. So um, yeah, mm. I think we're both on the same page here that he's probably worth a pick um, at this stage. Yeah. And yeah, there's a little bit upside there. Um, and if he does regress, well, we're with the pack. So uh, limits the amount of damage there. But uh, shall we move on to the next player, Liam? Who do we have? 
Yes, Damon. Let's move on to the next guy, and it is Luke Jackson. He is 547K. He is eligible as a ruck and a forward. He had an average in 2023 of 97.9, and he doesn't have the extra buy, um, which is good. And I think Frio off memory have a po- have a really good buy as well because there's only two mm. teams in the week that they have. It's them and one other team. I can't remember what it is. I think it's in Port, I think, mm, from memory. I think you're right. Yeah. But that's good. So he has a very positive buy there and obviously the handy DPP. So we did mm. obviously get to see a bit of a glimpse of what uh, Jackson can produce when given opportunity as the number one ruck, but with uh, Hodor, uh, Sean Darcy, it is, uh, his relevance takes a bit of a hit as he becomes more of a key position forward who pinch hits in the ruck as opposed to a, you know, standalone ruckman. Mm. In games where he did have less than 50% ruck attendances, he averaged 85.2, which was 13 games, uh, compared to his 114 in the 10 games where he was the number one ruck. Being priced at an average of 97.9 with those pure ruck games overinflating his average, it does mean he is slightly overpriced, um, especially if he's expected average as a pure key position forward or ruck relief in 2024 is 85-odd. So his true price is pro- should probably be closer to 475K-ish. Mm. Um, that being said, though, the Hodor has just a total lack of durability let's be honest yeah. i swear that guy steps on the field and i don't know injures himself yeah um so Soft i don't issue. think yeah exactly uh so i don't think it's fair to expect jackson won't get any number one ruck time like mm. uh, at some stage it's gonna happen yeah. so but it just depends on how much is it when is it how much time will he get? So I guess the question from there is, is he not worth starting with? Because Darcy might be, you know, there to cramp his style. Is he an upgrade target? Um, who knows? But there has been talk that um, Shrek or Hodor or Sean Darcy uh, isn't recovering. So he, uh, from as quickly as expected from ankle surgery that he did have last year, it might mean that he has a limited preseason. It might mean there are doubts heading into the early part of the season mm. for him, which could be good for Jackson. But also that means that we don't know when Darcy is ready to return. Mm. Um, and so, like we said, he may be more of an upgrade target if, you know, Hodor ends up going down mid-season um, for an extended period. Yeah, he's an interesting one, isn't he? One, isn't he? Like any other season, if you were putting mm. him – with the group of last year's um, selections, he wouldn't mm. even you wouldn't even bat an eyelid, I think. But no. again, uh, again referencing this, which we will numerous times, but uh, just with what we have on offer, he's kind of uh, someone you need to consider. And I think yeah, with without Hodado being there potentially uh, mm. early season if he doesn't recover in time, yeah. uh, or even so, if he if he is fit for round one, as you mentioned, with the amount of niggles that he's had over over the course of mm. um, seasons gone, uh, there is a chance that potentially he goes down uh, again. And, um, yeah, it does obviously elevate the uh, the prospects for LJ. So I, in terms of verdicts, we'll probably uh, segue out of that now. But, Liam, did you want to go first in terms of what you were thinking or yes. you just had a quick look at some stats? Yes, I'm just having a quick look at the number of games, the matches that Sean Darcy has played over his career. Oh, so yes. this year he's played 15, as in 2023 was 15, 2022 was 19, 2021 was 21, um, 2020, 15, 2019, 11, and then seven and eight in 2018 and 2017 respectively. So he's generally, other than 2021, which is really the outlier, mm. he's missing at least two, three, four games um, a season at a minimum, I'd say. Up, upwards probably of six or seven. So there's there's potential for for Jackson there, but it just comes down to when those games are missed and whether they're sporadic or are they mm. sort of, is he not finishing the season um, and therefore is a good trading target or is it, yeah, an early one. Um, yep. But, yeah, I guess that's just something to keep in mind. But, yes, in terms of verdict, um, I just think had Darcy left last year, He'd probably be one of the first picked uh, for mine with mm. that DPP as a ruck. It is slim pickings um, in the forwards, as we've said. So I don't hate it, but it really comes down to what percentage of ruck time he gets. 
um, potentially there's a natural increase in his scoring from 85.2 when he is the second ruck, just purely based on him, you know, improving, like maturing um, in, in terms of his age. Mm. Um, if so, we might see a 95% average, um, which could see him finish as a top eight forward. I'd probably want to see what the preseason throws at us um, in terms of how he lines up and what the rock percentage looks like before picking him. Um, but even then, I think you have to kind of take it with a grain of salt because uh, I have a feeling last year we thought he was going to get more time mm. in the preseason and then it never eventuated yeah. um, the season until, yeah, Darcy had that had those injuries. Yeah, 100%. I'm, I'm very similar as well. Like I'm very 50-50. Um, mm. As you said, slim pickings outside of uh, uh, Jackson and, and McRae, who we spoke of, um, so elevates himself into contention. But, uh, yeah, as we've kind of outlined there and as you just spoke to, that if he can get a handle on more ruck time, he does firm as a more sort of confident pick. But, mm. again, that's the major sticking point because as we've rolled through, uh, a lot of his scoring and ceiling, the scoring ceiling is only elevated off the back of having that uh, extra ruck time um, because, yeah, as you said, if you sort of discount those games where he was number one ruck, his yeah. average of 97.9 depletes down to 85-odd. And he's, you know, there – me therefore means that he's he's starting price in 2024 is around about 70k mm -hmm. overinflated. So sort of searching value off the back of that. Um I think yeah even if Hodor does start in round one, um maybe Luke Jackson has more of a ruck split. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. But even then, I would prefer to sort of hold off, I think, at this stage until inevitably Hodador gets torn to shreds mm. by the, uh, the the White Walkers of the Zombies as he's holding the door. <laughs> um, nice little uh, reference here to Game of Thrones. But, um, yeah, I think he uh, he's a wait and see for me. And only until Jacko takes that number one ruck mantle will I be tempted. Uh, until then, yeah. he's just splitting his time between key forward and ruck. Yeah, it doesn't really appeal at this stage, but yeah. uh, he's still he's still in um, contention for me. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I don't think I don't think I'd rule him out. It's not a line through him. Like I think um, there might be for some other players. Mm. Um, but also talking about one dimensional players, that really is Sean Darcy. Like it's not yeah. like he, it's not like you can rely on him as a forward. Um, and and bring D Jackson in as a as the key the key uh, the first ruckman. Um, with Darcy playing as a forward, um, you know, like to split the time. So really Darcy probably is going to be the number one ruck um, regardless there. Mm. 100%. We'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on him and uh, we'll move on mm. to this next prospect uh, down the list. And it is Dusty, Dustin Martin. Uh, as a pure forward, uh, he's priced at 527.3K. Uh, 2023 average is 94.3. Extra buy, he does indeed because his team mm -hmm. in the Tigs plays in round zero. Uh, so obviously another popular pick potentially, um, but at 32 years of age, he does go against the rule of not picking really players 30 plus. Uh, but Libba bucked that trend last year, didn't he? He's a uh, career best season. So who knows? Is this going to be a career best season for Dusty? Well, looking at his 2023 season, he averaged 94.3, as I said, with a lot of volatility, however. High scores of 139, 158, and low scores of 54 and 55. And he also managed to ton up in just seven games from 20 rounds. But looking at his averages over the past three years, 
He has averaged 94.3, 87.3, and 92.5 since 2021. And it means he's priced right around that average, if not slightly higher, meaning he's overpriced for his value over the recent years. The other question marks will be over how Adam Uze, the new coach, of course, for the Tigs, deploy, deploys Dusty. You would assume he'll be played forward, but as the Tigers appear on the downward slide, potentially, apologies, Tigers fans, will a, a forward role for him be conducive to scoring? Couple that with a potential regression as he ages, and there are serious questions over Dusty. It looks as though some of the attention he's gathering as an option is from the way he ended last season. So uh, that's obviously front of mind there where he went 131, 117, 93, 108, 81, 158, 139 from rounds 18 to 24 last season. So the uh, the old boy, he's, uh, he's still got it, it seems, but um, can he carry it forward another season into 2024? Mm-hmm. So Liam, verdicts, what's your verdict? Did you want to uh, jump in first? Anything to add off the back of that? I don't like it in general. Like I just think there's too many negatives. Um, like he's not going to play midfield, unfortunately. Um, and there's going to be natural regression just to, based on the fact that he is 30 plus. I mean, I know uh, Libba mm. who bucked that trend, but I think it's an exception to the rule as opposed to. Um, yeah, the norm. Yeah, the norm. Yeah. I think the only reason that we're talking about him is the fact that we are genuinely lacking forward options, like mm. we've spoken of. And the fact that, yeah, as I, as as you said, he, from round 17, he smashed it. Like before that, he turned up twice. So from rounds one to 14, he mm-hmm. turned up twice, a 113 and a 109. With scores of 54, 95, sort of all over the place, nothing mixed bag there. And then yeah. after that, well, turned up one, two, three, four, five times from what uh, seven matches. So, yeah. yeah, I think I think there's a little bit of recency bias there um, that might be creeping in, and I think it could be a bit of a trap. Yeah, hundred percent. And just just to that uh, that he's entered the season as well. So that was from rounds mm. eighteen, wasn't to twenty four. So in those games, he kicked in terms of goals, two, two, three, zero, three, and one. So a lot of those came off the Mm. back of, or a lot of those uh, big scores came off the back of kicking bags of goals, crucial goals, of course. Um, So, yeah, I mean, he was still getting CBAs uh, around about sort of 20, if I was to look quickly at that, the average around about 25, maybe close to 30% CBAs, if that. Obviously not a full-time mid. Um, Maybe he can do it if he can continue, you know, I guess, kicking goals if he's played as a pure forward with a bit part mm. uh, in the midfield. But I think, yeah, if he's played as a pure forward, he's only going to have that natural regression, you would think. Another year older, the soft tissue injuries come into the mix. Uh, we saw with that man who I um, don't really want to say his name, but I'll say it anyway, <laughs> Nat Fife. Um, we saw what happened with him as well. He was yeah. touted to play more up forward with stints in the midfield. He copped some injuries as well and just couldn't get back on the park. So Dusty's probably a different kettle of fish, a little bit more durable, but um, creeping into his game ever so slightly. But for me, he hasn't really entered the um, hasn't really entered the realm for me as a, a, an option at all in the forward. So mm. that's where I stand, and that's where you stand, Liam. Yep, agreed entirely. So let's move on to the next curve off the ranks, and it is the wee man, Caleb Ooh. Daniel, 518.8K helmet. helmet, mid forward eligible. Uh, his average last season was 92.8, and he does not have the extra buy, so just the one buy for Caleb Daniel. So as we mentioned in our discussion on McRae, uh, the wee man, as we call him, was gifted with 19% CBAs, despite having just 0%, so not even just, just nothing, mm. in 2022. In a bit of a weird role switch, role switch, as he began running through the middle, it was an experiment that was taken seriously across only eight rounds in total, where he had upwards of 39% CBAs. Uh, so that was in rounds 2, 7, 8, 9, 10, 14, 17, and 18. <laughs> Interestingly, though, in four of those seven games, he seemingly ate up the CBAs that would have otherwise been given to McRae, uh, with McRae getting only 9%, 20%, 0%, 0 and 0%, compared to Daniel's 43 45 41 39 and 40%. So um really seems as though those two were sort of... Linked, yeah. Linked, yeah, sharing the role, or, mm. or Daniel was taking 
the role of McRae there. Um, but from rounds 19 until the end of the season, the midfield experiment seemingly appeared to be over with his CBAs dropping to 13%, 0%, 12%, 9%, 13%, and 0%, whereas uh, McRae was granted far more with 30%, 52%, 42%, 36%, and 53%. So, yeah, really um, – the, the correlation there uh, is is quite obvious. Yeah. Uh, so it would seem that Daniel and McRae um, are very much linked in that respect. But even with the increased mid-time, he improved on his average, sorry, in 2022 by 1.8%. So he had an average of 91 in 2022 compared to his mm-hmm. 92.8 in 2023. Um, so while Daniel has been relatively consistent in his averages across the past five years, um, with averages of 99.1, 104.4, 94.4, 91, and 92.8. Um, but as you can see, there has been a bit of a drop-off in recent seasons. Most concerningly, though, his scores late in the season dropped off when his role switched again, mm-hmm. when he was started being used as a high half-forward, only scoring 35, 79, 51, 99, and 76 if this role continues into 2024, it would mean he is one to avoid. But even if he is used back in defence, at his current price point, he probably doesn't provide much value or much real upside, unfortunately. It's probably it's, more just you know what you're going to get. Like, yeah. if he does play in defence, you know what you're going to get. The problem yep. is you don't know what you're going to get because it's Bevo. Yeah, exactly. And that's funny as well. Like you're mentioning there, him playing the high half forward like late in the season. Mm. That virtually, again, correlates with when, when McRae went from playing that that same role yeah. as a high half forward, going back into the middle. So these blokes are completely linked. So as we spoke to uh, McRae before um, and the wee man, um, that's part of the impact that uh, they've had collectively on each other. But um, in terms of verdict, uh, Liam, are you much of a fan? No. no. Simply even, put, not nah. even if he goes back to defense, not really. Like, maybe nah. upgrade to him if it looks good, but yeah, I don't know, don't think it's worth the risk and his price point. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about some other guys who are cheaper than him shortly, mm. who I would much prefer both of those guys over Caleb Daniel. Yeah, and even if he moves back to defense, he's not going to like that, that loose distributor role that he had for a couple of seasons there. That's now been eaten up by the likes of Dale and Richards mm. as well, uh, especially mm. last year. He took another step in his game. So both of those guys will be cramping his style. Um, and that's probably part of the reason why Bevo's thought, okay, well, I've got these two guys in Dale and Richards that can play that same role to the same, if not greater effect. Where can I put the wee man? And that's part of the reason why, okay, I'll throw him in the middle. Oh, okay, I'll throw him up forward, which just yeah. is so crazy. Um, you think you would have worked that out. Mm. But um, hopefully that's where the preseason comes into things and Bevo can work that out over the preseason like other coaches do. Um, So all that to say, I think he's likely a pass for me. Mm. Agreed. Well, let's move on to the uh, next uh, candidate. We have a couple left here. uh, And second last we have here, Dylan Moore. He's priced at 508.6K as a forward. And uh, his 2023 average was 91 on the dot. In terms of his extra buy, no, he only has the one, thankfully. So I don't have to factor that in. And in terms of uh, his 2023 season, he ended it as the 13th best forward with an average of 91. As I said, in the last two years, he has managed to average above 90 for the season while playing all games for the season. So his durability is quite high, which is also a bonus. And while he has the ability to score while playing as a forward, we've seen when he gets an opportunity in the middle, in the back end of 2022 in particular, that his scoring can really increase. Over rounds 17 to 21 in that season, he had 60%, 61%, 56%, 45%, and 73% CBAs for scores of 135, 113, 124, 69 dinner for two, and a 101 for a five-round average of 108.4, which is uh, quite the uptick on uh, his mm. finishing average of 91. So there's no reason um, if he does get increased time in the middle that he can't raise his average from that 91 to at least high 90s, if not 100 plus, which is where the uh, the upside comes into it here for yeah. more. And the reason he becomes an interesting pick is the recruits for Hawthorne in the offseason. They basically stacked their forward line with uh, a couple of smalls, a couple of, couple of talls in Ginevan, Gunston, 
and Chol all coming into the side, as well as Nick Watson, the new draftee, the best small forward, arguably, of the draft. So that means there may be a push for him to go, maybe spend a little bit more time in the middle and um, could mean there's some upside to be had. Liam, thoughts? Um, I don't mind it. I don't, yep. I, I've never really liked Dylan Moore as a pick, mm. but I think this year presents as an option um, more than ever, just purely based off the lack of other options that we do have. Um, I think we can see him averaging mid nineties, um, especially yep. if he gets that potential time in the middle. Um, I think he can surpass that finish top eight forward. Definitely. Um, again, I think we have to realign our expectations of the forward this year, forwards this year. So a 90, you know, 95 is probably not a bad option, not, not a bad average, um, for them. If, if it came down to it, if it's between him and a Daniel or a Dusty, I'd be going for more. I think he has the most upside of those three. Yep. Yep. I totally agree. Yeah. I would, I would say consider me tempted, um, if not on the cusp of being in my team, at the moment, mm. uh, definite watch, obviously, over the preseason. And it does come back to that fact that, you know, if you can get those extra CBAs, that's where the upside presents itself with more. More having more potential CBAs equals mm. more points and a mm. high average. So um, I am quite bullish on him just off the back of those inclusions in the forward line. Um, but, yeah, definitely a big, big watch over the preseason with his role. Yeah, Agreed. Entirely. And let's move on to the last option we have in today's episode. And it is Sam Flanders, 400. Mm. I have like flashbacks when I say that name. Uh, 494.2. Okay. Hopefully more stupid than sexy. Sorry. Hopefully more sexy than stupid. Uh, He was more stupid than sexy last year. He was more stupid than sexy last year. Uh, 494.2K, he is mid-forward eligible. He had a 2023 average of 88.4, and he does not. Does he have the extra buy? Uh, sorry, yes, he does. Yes, we've written down yes. here, nobody. He does because Gold Coast play. He would have, Gold Coast would be playing. Yes. So Flanders, 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 Flanders. God, I hate that name right now. I'm feeling a might peckish. Mind if I chew your ear? <gasps> Dad, you killed the zombie Flanders. You was a zombie? I hate that I'm going to fall for him again. Uh, Flanders falls into the unique spot of being both classified as a premium and a value option, and we will detail why shortly. While he is priced at just, sorry, at an average of just 88.4, keep in mind that this contains factors that hold him back from having a higher average and a higher price point. Namely, uh, a sub-affected game and a limited role across the first four game across four games. Sorry, across season twenty twenty three, round three and eight were both sub-affected games where he scored forty one and twenty six. Combine that with the scores of forty six and sixty four in the opening two rounds. Mm. We know that all too well. Yeah, where he was camped across the half forward um, line and the wing, and it brings down his average to eighty eight point four. If we do discount those two sub-affected games, it reflects a truer average of 97.6. And if we apply a further discount to those first two games as well with the uh, the old role, uh, his overall average and more true average um, increases, especially when he's played full games in his role in the engine room. And it comes out at 106.1, which is very juicy. Mm. Viewed from this perspective, uh, his true price at this true average should be around 593K roughly which uh, is nearly a whopping 100K more than what he is currently priced at. So very, very juicy value there. David, mm. what are your I do like it. I am locking and loading. Uh, he's probably the one guy. And uh, I think some people like yourself, we've, we've both been burnt, but I reckon those mm. people that have been burnt are probably a little bit more toey compared to others. Um, but I'm back on board with him. I, I wish I had the trades to bring him back in late in the season. And, He's kind of, he's developed the way that we thought he was going to from round one yeah. in 2023. Now he's that player, I think, in 2024. We can say it with um, with a bit more confidence. Uh, new coach at the helm. But Dimmer, he hasn't coached. That's the only sort of question mark, I guess, is he obviously yeah. hasn't coached Gold Coast yet. But surely enough, he's seen what Flanders was doing when he was on the sidelines, when he went bloody masquerading around the uh, 
around the globe. Uh, he would have tuned in for some games, surely, uh, for his his new team. And uh, seeing that Flanders does his best work when he's in the middle. So I think for me, he is or maybe only the only genuine gun midfielder out and out. You know, the likes of when we spoke of Rosie, um, Butters, uh, Dunks, all those guys that we had last year. I reckon Flanders may be the only guy in that mould uh, that's available to us in the forward line for 2024. So from what mm-hmm. I saw of him in 2023, discounting those two games that we owned him, of course, and got burnt ever so badly. Um, when he's played his natural position, he's the absolute real deal. So for me, he's a lock and load. What do you reckon, Liam? I'm not going to go as hard as a lock and load. Ooh, okay. Only being that I need to see his role in the preseason matches and probably around zero. Um, he's in my side hundred percent. I yep. think he's all but a lock and load. Like I would just have to not like his role under Dimmer to not start him. Um, so it's more so it's lock and load with like a little asterisk next to it of watch the preseason. Mm. Um, yeah. but I guess it's probably the same as any player. Um, realistically, um, so he's in my side. Um, I like him. I want him to be the. Uh, I don't know, F2 or F3 or whatever he's going to be. Mm. Um, and he currently is in my side, um, but I'm going to have to wait for the preseason matches because I just want to make sure. Just, just the only reason, the only concern I have is Dimmer. If it wasn't for Dimmer, yep. um, not not Dimmer himself, but just the the coach, like a new coach. New coach at the um, helm, yeah. I wouldn't be concerned. The only thing, I mean, that that is worrying to some extent is that like when he finally got given CBAs and like when he had one of that run of um, games to end the season 100, 119, 96, 125, 113, couple of 80s, uh, 90, uh, 130, and a 121. The last game of the season, he actually he had his lowest CBAs uh, since uh, pre round 15 at 11%, but he still scored 121. That's uh, probably off the back of his, he kicked a couple of goals. Um, the one thing to keep in mind as well is that Tookie Miller was returning from his knee injury. And mm. was working his way into fitness, and he's also vying for some mid time. Um, we'll probably have a, a bit of a closer look in terms of the the Suns midfield and engine room uh, more broadly as to how he fits into mm. it and who gets squeezed out. Um, because, I mean, I, th- I think I'm still confident in Flanders getting that mid time, but I'm still buoyed by the fact that yeah, he still scored all right, even though he had 11% CBAs in that last round. Small yeah. sample t- size, obviously, but. Um, yeah, I'm still bullish, but... Uh, what did he score so around 2023 20, as well? Do you have that, that number there? Sorry. Uh, round 23 was 130. He had 21% yeah, so that was 21% CBA still too. Yeah. yeah, and I think looking at... Look, Tukmiller, when he returned from injury, never really got up there in what we would normally see from him in terms of CBAs. Mm. Um, he had 17 in his first game back, not unsurprising. Uh, 64... 46, 84 was probably his highest and sort of around where he would normally be, 61, 72, and 68. So I think there's potential that Miller does take some more, um, but it just comes down to whether Sam Flanders is the um, where, where, where they go, like basically where, where they're taken from, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we'll have to see. Yeah, 100%, but uh, obviously one to watch, like all those other guys that we spoke of. But uh, we should also make mention that uh, we obviously haven't included key forwards in our discussion point mm. here, like you know the likes of Charlie Curnow and and uh, and and Cameron Jezzer and all that in our discussion as they aren't super favourable options to us. As you all know, if you're a regular viewer of us or um, listener uh, from a podcast sense, as we always say, key position players in Supercoach aren't conducive to positive scoring as they have too much volatility and uh, obviously reliance on their midfielders feeding them first and foremost, but also their team's overall performance dictating whether or not they score well or not. Because if a team isn't getting enough uh, entries in the fo- inside the forward 50, mm-hmm. uh, obviously those tall forwards, um, as a result, aren't scoring well. Yes. And um, let's use Kerno, I think, as an example here. Mm. So he... Um, just, just sort of to, to highlight this, he did average 97.6 across the season, uh, but it is really reliant on him kicking big bags of goals for high scores. And his average is very much inflated by a 186 and a 178. Both scored against uh, the hapless Eagles. So yeah. if we take those out, I think he scored like 20 goals in those two games. Yeah, crazy. Like that. 
So if we take those out, his average does reduce to 89.5. Um, compound that with the, just the general volatility in his scoring. He has a range of 139 for between his top score and his bottom score. So like that's the risk that you get with key position forwards. So not saying don't consider them, mm-hmm. uh, just saying consider them at your own peril, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The <laughs> risks that come with them. Yeah. But uh, Liam, that rounds us out for part one in our broader discussion on forwards during our first round of preseason analysis episodes that we've non-creatively called Forwards Week. Just keep it simple. (laughs) Very simple. Uh, But we have obviously touched on the primos in this part and we'll be discussing the mid-prices in the next episode and rookies in the third episode. These will be released uh, on Wednesday and Friday respectively. So if you're coming to us late, make sure to jump across to those two other episodes. Of course. And uh, also, if there's any forward primos that you would like us to touch on that we didn't in this episode or subsequent episodes, please comment down below if you're watching us on YouTube, of course, or you can you know, obviously hit us up across our socials, which you run through in a moment. Um, but of course, if you are keen for us to touch on any other players, uh, we'll do so in a special episode later in the preseason where we run through some what we'll call frequently asked players. Yes. Um, or alternatively, you can leave a comment or send us a DM on any of our social channels, which you can find um, here. So for Twitter at Supercoach underscore Edge, um, Facebook and Instagram at Supercoach Edge. Um, just search those and you'll find us. Very nice. Well, Liam, that does us for the first uh, bit of uh, 2024 content. And it was, uh, it was a thrill to be uh, back in the chair. Um, it is. Yep. Absolutely fantastic. So thanks so much for tuning in and we'll uh, go and collect our thoughts, recharge our brains and be back very, very shortly. So we'll catch you in the next one. See you guys. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 